If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Show Me How Good It Gets. I'm your host, Malvika. Hello, 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 beautiful people. I hope wherever you are and whatever you're doing, you're having a good time. I'm so happy you clicked on this episode today. And I'm going to be real. I have recorded this intro like four times now. And for some reason, I keep getting my words all jumbled up and it's just not happening for me. So I wanted to be transparent about that because I get so many DMs asking, how are you so articulate and can speak so beautifully the first time around? And it's never the first time around. It's very rarely the first time around, I must say. I think the only episode that I haven't had to go back and restart part of what I was saying was um, episode number two, my journey with friendship, which was just completely off the cuff and people loved that. But Other than that, I really have to practice what I'm going to say a couple times and then come to the mic and say it. And even still, it can get frustrating and I can get all my words wrong and the sentiment doesn't come across clearly. So I am by no means perfect, Um, but I'm trying and I'm here and I'm glad you guys are here. So I want to give you some context on why I'm doing an episode about fashion, which (laughs) it seems so far outside my wheelhouse and it is, but that's why I'm not doing it alone. I have a special guest today. And a lot of you actually may not know this, but I worked at an environmental data governance nonprofit for over a year, and I'm really passionate about sustainability, which often conflicts with being excited about fashion because fashion itself accounts for up to 10% of global carbon dioxide output, and um, it's harmful to water systems across the world and harmful to people and laborers really often, especially with fast fashion. And so kind of for my whole life, I haven't been really intrigued by the world of clothes till kind of recently when I've been getting into it. It's like playing dress up for my little Sim character that is myself. It's fun and it's playful. And I wish you wouldn't have to give the trade off of playful to also be good and kind to the earth. That seems to really frustrate me constantly. And I wish fashion was a more sustainable industry as a whole. And one thing I've been noticing about myself, and this is a full call out to myself, is as I've been spending more time on TikTok and Instagram this summer, I have found myself falling into the consumer culture trap repeatedly. Like, oh, if I just had that pair of shoes or this belt, I would be happier. Like I have thought things like this, crazy things like this over and over again this summer as I'm spending time on these apps and trend cycles are getting smaller and tighter as we go on. And it's really terrifying. A study just came out that showed people are throwing out clothing after wearing them 
like seven to 10 times in America, which is crazy to me, right? And it's unprecedented. I think the amount of clothes we make as a whole has doubled since 2002. I'm going to link that study in the show notes, but I've been feeling really bogged down by all of it. So what I've done is I've started to unfollow influencers who make me feel like I need to fit into trends. And instead, I'm beginning to follow people who make me want to develop my own strong personal style, help me figure out outfits with things already in my closet, and people who inspire me to shop secondhand. Buja is one of those people. I found her on TikTok quite a bit ago, and just the way she talked about clothes was so inspiring to me. And through a lens of sustainability and accessibility always, which I found really, really powerful. She spoke really beautifully, and somewhere in the back of my mind, I had like, oh my God, I would love to do a pod episode with her and ask her to like style different items in my closet. I thought that'd be so fun. And I just never got around to shooting her a message. I was distracted or busy. And then one day, almost as a sign, she posted a video asking if she should change the way she spoke because she was getting comments about she talks really slowly and she should talk faster. And I saw her post this video and I I felt like a part of me inside me like jumped and just went to click message. And I wrote her this like really upbeat message of like, hey girl, love your videos. Please don't change the way you talk. Also want to come on my podcast. And we had this great conversation about I, I like TikTok a lot, I really do, but I do think it is mind-numbing and homogenizing like nothing else in the world. It makes you feel like to be successful, you have to dress a certain way, talk a certain way, look a certain way, uh, present your ideas about fashion in a certain way. And a, the thing that really drew me to her was how different she was. So I wanted to make it clear to her that I really liked everything she brought to the table and I really did not want her to change. And she very kindly agreed to be on my podcast. And so here we are now. Um, at the beginning of our conversation, we talked more about kind of TikTok and how it can be great at democratizing virality and all this other stuff that I'm going to cut out of this episode just for the sake of time. But uh, it was a wonderful conversation. And I hope to talk about that on the pod in the future because I do think it's interesting. But without further ado, here is my conversation with Buja on sustainability, accessibility, styling, um, different pieces in your closet. We talk about different fabrics. We talk about silk scarves and linen shirts and really all things fashion. And I hope you guys enjoy. I think the thing about TikTok is that not only do people talk the same, but it also perpetuates everyone dressing the same and looking the same. And then sometimes when I close my phone and I'll go outside, and I'll be like, everyone dresses like a normal person in the real world. And you're like, oh. So, yeah, I think a difference really does stand out. You're right. Totally. And I think TikTok perpetuates trend cycles so much. Like one person will wear like flare leggings or yoga pants. And then they're sold out everywhere. Everyone's wearing them on the app. But then you go, like you said, out into the real world. I was just in London. And one of my favorite things is sitting on public transport and seeing everyone dress wildly differently and the app doesn't let you feel that way the app makes you feel like everyone is fitting one mold and you have to go out and buy this specific pair of shoes or specific linen pant to be quote-unquote stylish that's so true you're right like when you go outside it's it's really not the same and there's such a range of people in the real world and I love actually if you just like people watch you'll see there's like people do dress for their personalities and what they like. And that's, 
because I don't think, firstly, I don't think everyone's on TikTok, but also a lot of times people just go into the store and buy what they're like. Like it's very simple and it shows. And sometimes you don't need to complicate that process. You don't really need to see what other people are doing. It should be need-based and coming from your own desire, really, because that's what's more satisfying and that's what will actually give your thing longevity, like what you're wearing. Yeah, I have. It's so crazy that you say you study graphic design because I actually had a graphic design professor and I had some meeting with him mm-hmm. and he said, like, everything you wear tells a story. And I thought, oh, no, like today I, I was in like leggings and a hoodie. And I was like, no, 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 this isn't a good outfit. I'm not telling a story. And he said, oh, you still are. Your story is now that you're like tired or, you know, you're a college student and you're you put on the thing that was comfiest and that was easiest. But now I think about that every time I get dressed at the end of the day, you are telling the world something about you you're so right okay this made me think of something so do you know the clean girl aesthetic that went really really viral right and um i kept feeling like there's something i don't know maybe i'm i'm reading too much into it but i always felt like there was something a little not accounting for race or like accessibility in that sort of looking that way because if i'm being honest with you if i went out in biker shorts and a hoodie I would be treated very very differently from if I went out with my makeup done in a white shirt I feel like that's a a large part of why I dress the way I dress I realized since I was younger was because I realized very early that I was treated differently because of the way I dressed and I think that's the case for a lot of women of color where if we just slicked our hair back like okay and we went outside in like biker shorts and hoodie like people would not take me seriously. And I know it's the same for a lot of people. So um, yeah, it does tell a story for sure. And it tells a different story on different people. Exactly. I mean, if I oil my hair, it's not going to look the same as some of these TikTok girlies (laughs) oiling their hair. (laughs) It's absolutely not. Yeah, I think the entire clean girl aesthetic, it made me think a lot about just how social media makes us all want to look the same, do the same, wear the same clothes fall trapped to these trend cycles, which I think will lead me to my first question. What I was so drawn to about you was you had a very distinct personal style. So how did you develop that? And how do you think other people could develop their own personal style that would obviously be different from yours? Okay. First thing I want to say is that a lot of people say with personal style that, oh, you find something and it has to last you for the rest of your life. Like, it has to be your personal style. Like that's what a lot of people who advocate for sustainable fashion advocate for. But I have a few problems with that approach in the sense is that we are people who are always changing, right? Um, and with that, your likes and interests will change over the years. It's only natural. We can't um, make our personality stagnate in that sense. So the easiest way to go about it, and I think the most sustainable way also is to be very, very, very realistic about your lifestyle and build your personal style around that. So for me, um, I don't know if this is TMI, but I've, I suffer from chronic illness. I've had brain surgery a couple of times. And for a large part of my life, I spent in bed, right? And a lot of clothes are really uncomfortable to me. So I wear a lot of loose clothing that is very comfortable and not a lot of it because that that really works for my lifestyle and then a couple other things which I think other people it should connect your identity in the sense too 
but I I'm always very drawn like this is a good example to the button down shirt since I was really young because I felt like it wasn't a silhouette like the shape of it that wasn't too masculine or too feminine and it it fit right in the middle where it made me feel really comfortable and because it it connects to such a core part of your identity you know you'll wear it for really long right so your personal style shouldn't just be something that comes from nowhere it should be derived from your lifestyle and what you think and what you feel comfortable in and things like that you know and that that's what will give it longevity and make you actually like it that's so true because i think i do this all the time where i'll go out and i'll be shopping and i'll see like a short denim skirt or something like that and i'll be like that's so cute i love that and then i get it but i'm never going to wear that i i just don't feel comfortable in it i don't ever gravitate towards those kind of things in my closet versus like a good pair of leggings or really well fitting jeans i always grab so being realistic with yourself about who you are is so important even like what you feel comfortable in sometimes i'll shop for a different body i'll be like if i lose a little bit of weight here and if i get really toned arms i would wear this but we should just be shopping for ourselves now like the the life we really live yeah um it's it's a big problem i've seen with a lot of people where they also shop for like a life they think they have like or like they're going for dinner six times a week but if we're being realistic most people are like living a regular ass life like we're going to work every day we're going to school every day we need clothes that work for that not for something that doesn't exist yeah yeah so what would you say to someone who has a lot of basic pieces like a lot of plain colorful crop tops well fitting jeans how do you elevate those basic pieces um plus you can move them around so the basic doesn't necessarily have to go with the basic like you can have like a base layer and then build on it so the jeans can be like the base layer and then my favorite thing to do is just a plain button down shirt like i said before that brings everything way up then you can layer your crop top below it but where it really lies i think is the accessories and the jewelry and you don't need a lot of it i wear the same jewelry every single day and once someone told me you know you dress like a slob sometimes but you always have so much jewelry on that i i never think that you're you know slobby and i think that's where it is it's in the the accessories that are constant so i wear the same jewelry every day i probably wear like two scarves that i have and maybe three bags that i rotate between so um I do think your basics act like a blank canvas and then you put layers on top of them which can be constant for some people and you can move them around but I just prefer them being constant cuz um you know I I'm lazy <laughs> yeah yeah and no so much has to do with accessorizing you're totally right also I think how you wear it if you go into a situation being like oh, I'm only wearing a crop top and a button down versus if you go in being like look at my outfit today I look so good today I think people can recognize that energy off you and I think you look better when you feel really confident in it you're so right but also there's a lot of this I don't know a lot of people view basics as just basics right but if you really really look into them there's so much to even a single like shirt the way it's cut the texture of it the color of it like just a basic will have so much variation you have no idea and i don't know if it's really a basic at that point also like this whole obsession with people going to aritzia and like shopping there constantly comes from oh i'm just buying basics but 
then everyone is wearing the same basic. There are like thousands of brands that make different types of basics. Like the amount of variation in clothing will, will truly amaze you and different shapes work on different bodies and different personalities. And you know, there's just so much range. Don't limit yourself. How do you find the best basics? How do you find basics that are a little more fun, a little more funky, a little out of the normal niche? Well, one is a lot of looking, um, <laughs> the most obvious one. But um, I really like looking for designers with different backgrounds. My favorite brand ever that does basics really well is called Gil Rodriguez. And they're a small brand run by minority women based out of LA. And they, I think they are the definition of like elevated um, basics that, that suit a very realistic lifestyle. Also, I use this, not necessarily an app, but it's like a search platform called Good On You. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's pretty popular on TikTok where you can search for sustainable brands and it's kind of like a directory. Um, but a lot of times if you just type basics, it'll come up with a hundred different things. Um, I feel like I do have a large backlog of knowledge, which helps me for sure. Like I'm not going to deny that, but they, they are tools in place for, yeah. That's amazing. Good on you, you said. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. I'll put that in the show notes because I think that'll be really helpful for some people. Yeah, I never know where to start with things like that, but I like to go into a fitting room and try things on till I feel really comfortable. And I think a lot of times we don't try basics on and we're just like, okay, it's a plain black shirt. It'll be fine. But I think if you're going to wear something a couple times a week, it has to be amazing. You have to feel really mm -hmm. good in it. And I don't mind spending a little more money on like a well-fitting pair of jeans versus like a purse. I don't want to spend as much money on for me personally. That brings me to another point, which is like, it's kind of like a lost craft, but I think having a tailor is so, so important. It'll make you wear your clothes a lot longer. Um, and it also like you can buy cheaper clothes, not in the sense lower quality clothes. Like I buy all my clothing secondhand but then I try and like sew it myself in a way to fit me you can just find a tailor you don't necessarily have to sew but the easiest way to find a tailor is like most dry cleaners do like really basic alterations and yes it might cost you 15 20 dollars but if you buy the piece secondhand you're already saving that much money on it and then the longevity of the piece will be extended so much more because I promise you when things fit you properly you want to wear them a thousand times more um but yeah definitely find yourself a tailor that's the best piece of advice I can give someone oh that's such a good piece of advice I also want to get into sewing and just fixing really basic issues myself I think that'll that's such a valuable skill and a lost art of just being able to sew a couple things together for sure and it's not that hard to start like I always tell people just go to the dollar store and literally buy the cheapest like sewing needle over there and then start really slowly like oh I just want to like cover this small hole I want to put this button back it doesn't have to be hard and from there you will grow like you got to start somewhere yeah and then you're going to feel so powerful because you have control over all your clothes you're not dependent on anyone yeah okay you talk about buying secondhand so much and I think that's maybe one of the most inspiring things about you is that you have this incredible eye and you give a lot of tips on how to shop on eBay, on Depop, thrifting in person. What are your best secondhand shopping tips? 
Um, I think one is to really go in with an idea of what you want because that prevents um, you from buying things you don't need, which is really easy to do when you're shopping secondhand. A lot of times because people are like, oh, this is $4. I should get like five of these. But you need to go in with a really clear idea of what you want. And it will take a little more time to find it than it would take if you're buying it new of a curated place. But it'll be a lot more satisfying. So I'm going to give you an example. I'm very particular about certain things in my clothes. But I don't know if you've seen this, this green viral Bottega bag with like a weave in it that went viral last summer. And it's a really big deal. And I don't know if I, there are a lot of things about the bag that wouldn't work for me, but I found it very attractive, just like objectively attractive. And the things that I didn't think would work for me were that it had a very thick weave. It wouldn't sit on my shoulder. The hardware wasn't gold because I wear gold jewelry. I don't like knots and it was too small. Like we're being practical, I'm shopping for my lifestyle, but I still wanted a woven green bag. And I'm not even kidding, you took me like six months to a year to find one. And a couple days ago, I found one that has a small weave, a thick strap, is vintage, 100% leather, good condition for $20 on eBay. And it's coming to me soon. But that's what I mean with just go with a really clear vision and have patience. You have to have patience. I feel like we're so in the cycle of instant gratification, but finding good things takes time. Like anything good takes time really in life. I love this answer because like, that's my take on relationships, right? We're not dating the first person we meet. We're taking time. We're shopping around. Like, why don't we do that with actual things that we're spending our hard-earned money on? I think that's great advice. And one thing you said on a video a while back was I wait till a trend is passed and then if I still like the thing, then I like go splurge on it or buy one. Mm-hmm. I thought that was brilliant because a lot of times we see someone have something, we can open up a browser, click buy, and we get it delivered to our house in two days. And now it's so fast and easy and accessible. So I, I thought that was a great little mind trick of do I just like this because it's trendy or do I actually like it? Do I actually want it in my wardrobe for a long amount of time? exactly that that is a really big one you do have to wait till it's it's gone because that means you really like it but also it ties back to the same thing think about your lifestyle is it is it conducive to your lifestyle or is it just that other person's wearing it and a really easy way to do this is before you press purchase like get off your ass get off your laptop just look through your clothes for two minutes and be like do i have something that looks like this how much do i wear these things and just be really realistic about it. Like, why are we trying to lie to ourselves? We're going to waste money and we're going to hurt the environment. Yeah. Yeah. I like a test of, can I think of five different occasions in my life I will wear this item? Like five distinct things already in my calendar. Not like when I get invited to the Oscars, but like (laughs) next week I have my friend's birthday. The week after that I have a class presentation, like things like that. Then it becomes really real and rooted in my lifestyle, not this person on the internet. Exactly. exactly. That also, like, it's important to think of multiple occasions because I think a lot of times people do like single occasion shopping, which again is like not a great thing because what is the point of wearing something once? I think you should at least, yeah, you're right, five occasions and then move forward. Um, I'm supposed to graduate in December and which means my convocation will be in the summer. And I obviously started looking for my dress in a year of advance, year in advance, considering who I am. But um, I was like, 
I cannot just wear this dress to my graduation. And a lot of people asked me to help them find their grad dresses. And my advice was the same. Do not just buy for the occasion. Make sure you're going to wear it again and again and again and love it again and again and again. And then every time you wear it after that, you think of your graduation. Isn't that special? That's so that's so special. And I think that makes you want to buy more classic pieces. That's a question I kept getting was how do you find classic pieces? And it's like, will I want to wear this in a year's time after this trend is passed? And often the answer is no. And sometimes that's okay if the answer is no and you're like, I still really want it. But it's a good check in to do with yourself. Definitely. But the other thing is that what a classic piece is to someone else will look really different to another person. I think a lot of times you see these like cheat sheets for capsule wardrobes, which are like three black t-shirts, four black jeans. Yes. We all have personality, right? We all are, are different. And someone's capsule wardrobe will not be someone else's capsule wardrobe. Like it is not one size fits all at all. Um, I so think that's also been my issue with capsule wardrobes. It's always the mm-hmm. same clothing same black shirt, same white button down. And I think it removes the fun of clothing a little bit. Like I want a little bit of color. I want a little bit of joy in my clothes. Exactly. So you have to know what you want and then build your own capsule wardrobe. Like you do have to take a hard look at your life. For me, like one piece that that has held my wardrobe together really is just a quilted cotton jacket that is printed and very colorful. And if you looked at any of these like capsule wardrobe cheat sheets, it would never have that on it. So it, it definitely varies by person. And you have to figure out what you like. Not only what works for you, but you have to enjoy your clothes, right? You have to figure out what you like and makes you happy. Yeah. Yeah. I love talking to you about clothes. I think it can always get really superficial when you talk about fashion and styling. But when you actually make it a part of the things you put on in the morning that make you feel good, when you start to think of it like that, clothes can be such a fun, lighthearted thing. When I shop, I see a lot of polyester everywhere, right? And I think the industry really loves polyester, but it's awful for the environment. It doesn't actually feel that good on your body. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to gravitate towards other materials, like cotton, wool, silk. What other fabrics are good? How do you find good fabrics? What fabrics should we stay away from? Um, okay, so I think the if you're buying new, that is the best fabrics to look for a lot of times are recycled cotton, recycled hemp, organic cotton, basically recycled fibers of, like recycled natural fibers are really at the top of the pyramid because it's made from like cotton waste. It's made without pesticides. Um, And then you go a little lower than that where we do need synthetic fibers in our life where we, we can't act like we don't. Let's be realistic. We do work out. We do go in swimming pools. We need stuff that doesn't absorb um, water and we sweat but um the best way to find synthetic fabric that works for you is try to find like recycled polyester it's called rep like that's the um sort of the scientific name for it and then there's um recycled nylon which is called econil and there are a bunch of these coming up like um tensil lyosil um but yeah try to look for recycled fibers and it's hard to do so if you are buying sort of workout wear or swimwear just make sure you're going to wear it for a really long time like buy high quality um it's important when you bring up polyester because the the environmental effects of polyester are so so detrimental like i don't think there's ever enough time to talk about them but i'll give you just a really simple example right 
every time you wash a plastic based fiber it releases a ton of microplastics into your water right and then if you know anything about the water cycle everything comes back so it never really leaves and because these things are so light and hollow like these plastics they'll be floating around in our, in our atmosphere they'll come back in the rain we'll digest them they break the blood brain barrier and then there's plastic within us is that really what you want every time you wash your clothes you're letting out plastic into the world like you're taking care of something you own it shouldn't be so harmful wow yeah i think we don't know enough about polyesters and microplastics and how they impact marine life how they impact us and our human health there's if you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's so problematic. And every time I do any sort of environmental science work, fashion comes up in the fashion industry and it hurts my heart because it's, this should be such a fun, lighthearted industry. It shouldn't be ruining the world around us. It happens because firstly, these things are cheaper and then it ties back to like supply and demand, right? There's more of a demand and people think just like basic economics, people think that they need to manufacture more, they need to manufacture faster. And then they, they cut down on quality over time and they use things that are worse for the environment. Things that are good for you tend to be more expensive, tend to take more time. Again, the whole instant gratification thing keeps coming back, but like good things do take time. Yeah. And I think the second you start to look for certain different fabrics, you see if they're still out there. And especially when you're shopping secondhand, you can find good wool pieces, silk pieces, um, and I think polyester can look like so many different things. It can be like a faux fur jacket. It can be like a silky dress. So it's harder to find out, find it. But the second you start looking at the tags, the world changes. Yeah. That's everywhere for sure. Um, another important thing to really look for is firstly, polyester makes you sweat a lot, which is the problem with plastic based fabrics. And then we, in the summer, we want natural fibers because we don't want to sweat. But where they hide it the most is in the lining. So you'll be like, oh, I'm buying a 100% cotton dress. And then the, the tag of the lining will be separate from the actual tag. So you have to like flip the clothes open, look, and then you realize the lining is 100% polyester. And that like defeats the entire purpose of the garment because you're going to sweat. And it's still going to release the plastic. Oh my God. I didn't know that. That's insane. Right? There needs to be different fashion regulation I think I don't know if it's all well regulated that makes me so sad well it's really not 
I asked, I posted on the podcast Instagram yesterday saying, you know, I'm interviewing a stylist. What questions do you have? And I got the most questions I've ever gotten before, because I think this is such a vulnerable topic. People don't really like talking about, you know, I'm insecure about this part of my body and I don't know how to shop for it. And I want to do an entirely separate episode on the word flattering and how there's so much pressure to always look slim in your clothing, to always look tall and look like a model. And I, I have a lot of issues with all those things, but some of the questions I got were still very, um, I, I think you would have really good answers to them. Like, how do you buy clothes for a changing body? And no one ever tells us how to shop as like a young person when your body keeps changing well into your twenties as a woman. Um, so that ties back to the tailor thing. But I've always shopped for my mom since the beginning of time. And my mom is plus size. And my size has fluctuated a lot too because of like my chronic illnesses. And the most basic thing that really helps me is when you go to the tailor, tell them you want this to be taken in, but don't cut the fabric out. Keep the extra fabric on the inside. So if your size fluctuates, you don't have to go back. You can literally just take a tiny scissor, take the stitching out and just change the size of your garment that easily. Wow. And you don't have to go buy new things. You can no, do you it on the same piece you love. Exactly. Oh, that's brilliant. I do that on all of my Indian clothes, like my big langas and exactly. stuff like that. And it's brilliant to do that on your everyday clothes. I love that idea. Yeah. Because we do invest in our ethnic clothing just because it's so expensive and like we get it made. Um, that's why we do it there. But why shouldn't we do it everywhere? Yeah. yeah, especially because I wear my quote unquote like lingas, ethnic clothing so much less. I wear everything else so much more. So I mm-hmm. actually should be spending more on it. Exactly. Okay, I wanted to do some styling questions because these are my favorite things you do on TikTok is people will send in like a problem they're having and you do a little styling for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I first asked people about parts of their body they don't really know how to dress up. And this is such an interesting question because a lot of the questions I got back in response were like, I hate my stomach. How do I hide it? I hate my arms. How do I hide them? And again, that goes back to like a different topic about body image and wanting to hide parts of us. Um, And I hope I can talk about that differently and maybe we'll have like a therapist on or something like that. But from a basic styling perspective, I wanted to ask you some questions because I think it can really be helpful on your path to confidence towards like body neutrality to still know what looks good on you or to even try new silhouettes because sometimes trying new ways of wearing your clothes really helps. So I wanted to shoot some questions at you and like, let's see what you can come up with. I'm really excited. What to wear in the hot summer if I'm insecure about my arms? So it goes back to breathable fabrics. I think linen is the most breathable fabric. Honestly, it helps to be more covered with something more breathable. So like I love wearing a long sleeve linen button down shirt. You get a lot of long sleeve linen dresses. Um, But yeah, I would look for natural fiber, linen, cotton, sometimes silk. The thing with silk is it's not completely ethical. You do get like ethical silk where the silkworms have already left their cocoons. I, I buy my silk secondhand and I make sure it's been like worn enough and I'm not really contributing to the problem. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I think thing with, 
everyone thinks in the summer you have to wear just like tank tops and stuff like that, but you can get all the same tank tops as your friends and just throw a little linen moment after, over it. And even the layering looks so nice and you look so fashionable every time you layer. It does for sure. It's also like, um, you don't need to like, again, be unmodest because that's what everyone else is doing. Like really wear what you're comfortable in. And there's so many clothes out there and so many designers, you will find something. Yeah, I love that. I think also not settling for an outfit that you don't feel 100% in. Like a lot of times I'll wear something and kind of feel icky all day, but it's not worth it. Your clothes should make you feel good. They're meant to make you feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, How to handle summer clothes, which tend to have less fabric if you have a bigger chest. So I imagine this person doesn't want to show off their larger chest. So back to the same thing. I think you're... you're, um the linen button down really helps like I actually always have one on me in my car or in my tote bag and then again going back to the silk scarf which is my most favorite thing ever I tie one to my purse and because I don't wear a bra um, if I if I'm going to a place where I think someone will be offended by my nipples I'll literally just put the silk scarf over my chest and I feel like that would be applicable to someone with a larger chest as well like you don't have to do it all the time, but if you feel like you don't want attention drawn to it, I would just throw the silk scarf over. And it's so easy to like move around and I have on you in terms of being really lightweight and like accessible, like they're so easy to find. Amazing, yeah, and you can tie your silk scarf to like your purse, to your tote bag, so you have it with you all the time. Exactly, yeah. And it looks fashionable. You look like you have a pop of color. Um, how to style broad shoulders. So I, I don't, I think they want to not draw attention to their broad shoulders. My shoulders are the broadest part of my body and I love showing them off. So it really goes both ways, but I imagine this person is trying to not show them off. Again, the scarf is a big one, but, um, avoid like most obviously avoid tube tops because, with besides like making your shoulders visible they also cinch like the upper part of your body like they squeeze it a little which will make your shoulders really visible um also if you can having longer hair I know that when I had longer hair it would just naturally keep my shoulders covered um that's one part of it and then um thicker straps on your tank tops um really helps because even the thinner straps like okay the thing with thinner straps is even on a bag on a tank top they often dig into your skin because just the center of gravity is like not divided on a larger surface so yeah I would go for a thicker strap beautiful beautiful answer you really know your stuff the first video I saw yours were about silk scarves I remember it very clearly And so I thought it would be fun if I gave you like an item to style and you would kind of paint the picture of how you would style it, which I know everyone's not going to have your style, but it can be a fun exercise. And these are things a lot of people may have in their wardrobes already or are easy to thrift. Um, And I know you usually do this with a video behind you of items, so it'll be super different on a podcast, but I'm excited. Um, The first one is silk scarves. How would you style this? Okay, my most favorite way is to drape across my shoulders. But recently, so back in the day when women like really wore silk scarves, they use something called a scarf pin, which is like a little loop, a little loop of metal. And there's a pin behind it, which will hold the scarf down to your shirt. And I've been really obsessed with them lately because it's like a brooch. And it's so versatile in the sense you can just use it to like 
close your shirt or like pin something together, but it'll also hold the scarf down. So I would wear, um, definitely I'd wear a scarf pin and I do it on just a regular t-shirt or a tank top because I love the contrast between like something that's supposed to be inherently casual and then a silk scarf which is considered so formal. I also think it's better to wear your scarves contrary to popular popular belief on shirts that don't have collars because I want the whole scarf to be visible. I don't want it to like hide under the collar. And then what I love doing is when the scarf is a certain color. So I often do like I have a navy blue scarf. I wear it with a navy blue silk skirt and then I'll wear like a tank top in an opposing color. So like a white tank top and maybe white shoes. It's really fun to like sandwich colors. So it'll be white. The shoes will be white. The skirt will be blue. Tank top will be white again. And then when you move the eye upward, it'll be blue again. So that's a really simple way to be a little monochromatic, but not. And it'll be soothing to the eye, but still interesting. You know? I love that. I'm going to try that today. That's so beautiful. A little boom, boom, boom. boom. Oh, I love that. I, this is why I love the way you style. I think you make things so easy to understand. Okay. Another one, I got so many questions about a denim jacket, a plain denim jacket. How do you make that fun and interesting? So my denim jacket, I've actually been collecting patches over the years and I sew them on. Um, But you obviously don't have to do that. What I also love doing is um, you get little pocket squares or pop pocket handkerchiefs that are meant for men. But if you go to like any thrift store, really, you see them because they were very popular in the past. And I love putting a little pop of color, like putting the pocket handkerchief in the pockets of your denim jacket. It looks so cute. Um, and the the way pockets are sewn in denim, I think is very beautiful because the way they have to be cut at an angle and they'll often have like seams on the front it draws attention to that that detail which is worth you know appreciating it completely goes back with the accessorizing again it makes you look so put together if something in your pocket square like matches another color on your outfit yes definitely i love that i'm, I'm gonna try all these tips over the next couple of weeks um a plain colorful t-shirt we kind of touched on this before but a plain colorful t-shirt um, so I love going monochrome, which like if the t-shirt is one color, I'll go with the pants in the same color. And a lot of people don't like doing this, but the best way to do this is to like differentiate between tones. So it's fun to go like one tone darker with your pant. Um, and that's really simple. Just keep the colors the same, go one color darker. But the other thing is when you're styling with colors, I think it's really important that people have a color palette in mind for their whole wardrobe. And this definitely takes time to develop, but it really, really helps you when you're shopping. Because if you, firstly, there's so many colors, but if you don't have a color palette, like you randomly add a piece and it just won't fit in. For me personally, my color palette is blue, green, black, white, just neutrals. And then I have like pops of color that I allow, which are pink and orange. So very few items of pink and orange. I don't do red, no matter how attracted I am to like red items, because I just know it, it doesn't like work on my skin tone or I don't love it as much. So yeah, the best way to style color is to like already have a color palette in mind. And I know that's hard to do, but it's, it's truly the most effective. Amazing. Okay. Um, a silk midi skirt. This is mine. I put this in. So, okay, like I said, with the, the scarf, 
But what I also love to do is if you're wearing a longer skirt, is to actually put a shorter slip dress over it. So it kind of like the, the two layers, like the dress will come to your knees and then the, the skirt will be longer, but it creates such a fluid like silhouette um, and it looks just, just so elegant and it goes against what people would tell you to do. Like, why are you wearing a dress on a skirt? But the most interesting things are when we go against the norms and don't do what is really being shown everywhere else. And I, I think that would look so cool. I think anything layered looks really intentional. Yeah, it does for sure. Amazing. Okay. Um, black loafers. This is another one I put in. <laughs> I just got black loafers. Um, okay. I love wearing loafers with a slightly cropped band because I love the little skin showing and I love how visible it gets. My go-to would be black loafers, black crop band, and then any kind of shirt on top, honestly, that would go with a crop band. But loafers are really, really versatile in the sense I, I think they can go with everything. But something to keep in mind is the kind of socks you wear, right? Which can change everything. So what a lot of people do with like the whole Emma Chamberlain thing is they wear a white sock, which creates like contrast around the loafer. But if you want to elongate your legs or like have a more sort of lengthy silhouette try wearing a sock in the same color as the loafer so we'll just wear a black sock so everything will like flow seamlessly beautiful and I'm a short person so I like the black on black idea um biker shorts like plain black biker shorts how do you make that interesting so <laughs> my go-to would always be a really large graphic tee for sure but that's just for comfort um, do you know what a wraparound skirt is? So it's basically, yeah, it's like a skirt where you, um, you wrap the fabric around and there's sort of a hole in it that lets you tie it, but it makes part of your, your leg visible. Even if you have a skirt with a slit, really try wearing a biker short in a color of the skirt or a color tie it in some other color in your outfit, maybe with the shirt, and then make the biker short visible through the skirt. I think that's such an unorthodox and interesting way of doing it because you see it peeking through. Um, and it's not like, you know, it doesn't look like, like undergarments for lack of a better word, when it's a certain color and it matches something else, it actually would look really interesting and unique. Amazing. I love this about you where you don't want to follow what everyone else is doing and you make fashion so personal and so fun and lively. And it really should be like a playground. Fashion should be exciting for us. It shouldn't be like, oh, I wanna look cool like everyone else. That, that's how you make me feel. And I think everyone should be following people on the internet like that, who make them feel oh like my. things are fun. That means that means a lot. That really is my, my approach to it in many ways. Yeah, for sure. And then the last one we have, khaki pants so like tan pants that are often used for work so I like khaki pants in the senses they they are a, a sort of a more formal um piece of clothing but it's really fun to take something that's supposed to be you know work attire and just like swing it completely the other way so like have fun with it like be really casual like wear, wear a t-shirt wear a tan top and then you want more contrast, you can put your black loafers with it. Um, I love wearing just a white tank top on low-waisted khaki trousers um, and then having a little like sliver of skin visible. 
So you're kind of breaking, I don't know, I view it as a breaking down between like something that's really casual and then something that's supposed to be work attire and my skin separates it. It's kind of creating a narrative within myself for me. But yeah, try it out. I think it's so beautiful when people juxtapose something really like chunky with something really feminine or something really heavily work attire with something really casual. I think it makes you look a lot more interesting. Yeah, definitely. It's also like going against the norm will really help you find your personal style because if you do what everyone else is doing that's the complete opposite of personal right personal style is all about functionality i i think we've made a narrative in this episode i'm so yeah. excited about it and then my last question for you would actually be something you talked to me about in our conversation previously was every time we talk about sustainability i think a lot of things come up for me, which is one, it is so much pressure on women specifically when we talk about sustainability. No one really talks about crypto or private jets. It's really a lot of, oh, well, women shop so much and it should be kind of on them, right? So that is my first thing that comes up in my head. And then the second thing is accessibility. It's hard and expensive to always shop sustainably. What do you have to say about that? Okay, first of all, the the thing with women is definitely something we we have to combat. And it's so true because that is such a reductionist approach to it, right? Um, Everyone is consuming a lot, no matter who you are, like um, regardless of gender, race or anything. If you live in like a first world country, if you live in America, you're consuming a lot. It's just part of the culture. And the first step to changing it is not being in denial about it, like anything. With accessibility, this is where I do have a little bit of a controversial take where a lot of people who advocate for sustainable fashion say that they're very, very against fast fashion. Um, But for me, it goes back to the same thing is I don't know someone else's lifestyle, right? I don't know how much money they have in their bank account. I don't know what they have access to. And I will never shame anyone for shopping somewhere because we, we shouldn't be in denial of the fact that these things are actually accessible. Like I'll give you an example recently. Um, I'm kind of in a really small town for the summer and I had to be here for some work. But um, I only carried one pair of shoes with me because that's I don't need a lot. That's just the kind of person I am. And I started longboarding for like my mental health and stuff because it, it'll keep me going outside. And then I had the wrong kind of shoe where I burned the, um, the bottoms of my shoes completely. And I needed a pair of shoes. And because I live in a really small town, everything takes really long to get to me. And I knew it wouldn't like get to me fast enough. So I did buy a pair of Nikes, which I still had to like drive 40 minutes to a mall to get, but I could get it on the same day. And they, they aren't sustainable, but it was very much need-based, right? And we can't be in denial of, of that. So if you really do keep your need in mind, I think that is the most sustainable thing you can do because the most sustainable thing you can do is only consume what you need. Um, And there's a line where a lot of these people who are advocating for it are correct in the sense, if you're buying like $500 worth at Zara, then it was never about the accessibility for you. Yeah. (laughs) Be honest about it. Um, And then if you're buying from really high end brands that are sustainable, like you're spending a thousand that are unsustainable, you're spending a thousand dollars, then also it was not about the accessibility. If you're waiting really long for um, an unsustainable item, it was never about the accessibility. Exactly. That's, that's my take on it. But um, again, like 
I don't know. I really think we shouldn't be in denial of like how difficult life can really get. Like if someone had a job interview and the only thing they had access to was like getting a shirt from Zara, like why would you bash that person and say, oh, it's fast fashion? Like I would never do that. I think it's completely okay to shop from these spaces as long as it's need-based. Um, and then also the affordability thing I don't completely agree with where my whole page is really a large part of it is dedicated to finding things that are um, sustainable at a low price point. Like I do a ton of videos that are below $50, like things on eBay, but I will give them the accessibility thing where it has to be shipped to you. You see, you have to be patient. You have to go to a thrift store and look. So you have to be patient. So um, I think there's variation in affordability, but not so much in accessibility all the time. And then I know I'm, I'm talking a lot, but the other thing I want to talk about is recently I was wearing like a shirt from like, I think a tube top from American Eagle that I had since I was like in ninth grade or something. Um, and before I knew all the things I do now, I did shop like a regular person, right? When I was a lot younger, I shopped at regular people shops, like unsustainable brands. And I do own all those clothes still because it would be very wasteful to let them go. And I still wear them. Um, and if I was to just become like, let go of all those clothes and get sustainable alternatives, that would be so, so wasteful. Yeah. So, a lot of times sustainability isn't about being performative, right? It might not look like that to the other person, but it all boils down, boils down to the same thing. It's about consuming less. That's the most sustainable thing you can do. Wear what you have, look at it differently and be realistic about what you need. Yeah, and I think we all have a lot in our closets already that we can style completely differently, that we can layer completely differently, try it out with a new color, like you said, put it under something, put it over something, have fun with it. Yeah, exactly. And follow people online that make you feel like fashion is fun and not like you have to fit another trend cycle after another trend cycle after another trend cycle. Because a lot of times these influencers are getting sent things constantly to try out and wear for an Instagram post. And it's not even their own real life. So you have to kind of consume critically. Do you want to know something really interesting? So you keep seeing all these Zara hauls online, right? And then what Zara did recently was they put like a, a sort of payout on returns. So if you're returning something, you do have to pay money on it. And the amount of Zara hauls reduced drastically. Because the people who you see online doing these hauls weren't even wearing those things themselves. They were going and returning them. They were just wearing them for the, vid for the video. So it's, it's not realistic at all. Yeah. Not at all. I think now as I'm starting to grow a little online, I'm consuming other people's content so critically. And it's changed everything for me because you realize nothing is real on the internet. Nothing is real. People will get dressed up for an Instagram post. Nothing is real. It is so two-dimensional. You, you can't know if you're really like there with them. Yeah. So uh, I, that's why I really like following you. And I'm going to put all your information in the show notes. Everyone should go follow Pooja. I love you. I hope you never change the content you make and the way you speak and how you present your ideas because I find it all so beautiful. Thank you. This has been such a boost of confidence. Um, I'm, I'm so, so thankful. Thank you for having me here. And I hope, you know, I feel the same way about you. I find your presence very, very comforting and your voice very soothing too.
um but yeah i'm so glad i met you and i'm so happy i was there and able to talk about this to so many people yeah definitely if you're ever in sf or chicago you should send me a message and we'll grab lunch or something or we'll go thrifting or something fun okay okay done and you're in florida right now i am um i go to school in toronto um that's where i've been for the last couple of years so yeah okay amazing i thank you so much for coming on you were my first fashion related guest and it's also really special i think to see daisy people in this space because growing up i never did that's not even something we talked about but and maybe that's the beauty of it i think a part of representation is just getting to see people who look like you thrive in different spaces and also you get a different perspective which is so so important Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye. See you soon. And that's a wrap. Thank you guys for hanging out with me and listening to this week's episode. If you want more, follow at Show Me How Good It Gets podcast. I read all the DMs I get on there. And then my personal Instagram account is at MalvikaBot and my TikTok is at MalTalks. If you're listening on Spotify, please leave us a rating, preferably a five-star rating. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I hope you can write us a fun little review and write us there as well. Once again, thank you guys for hanging out. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.